You're listening to Transforming Insight, the podcast for anyone who has the ambition to transform their insight team and create an insight-driven organization. Your host is James Witcherly, Chief Executive of the Insight Management Academy and the author of the book Transforming Insight, The 42 Secrets of Successful Corporate Insight Teams. Hello again, and welcome to the latest episode of the Transforming Insight podcast. This one is called Seek First to Understand. What question do you get asked most often at work? Is it about what insights we have on our customers? Or about the latest insights on our brand? Or perhaps it's about the insight on the latest consumer trend? Every organisation has its own hot topics, and every insight team could compile a list of their most frequently asked questions. But how often do we ask ourselves about the insight which we have on the audience for our own work, the senior decision makers in our own organisation? Just like a company needs to understand its external customers if it's going to influence their behaviour, so our insight teams need to understand our internal customers if we're going to influence their decisions. We all tell our organisations to spend more time really understanding customers. But how well do we practice what we preach? One of the benefits of working in customer insight roles is that we often get the chance to develop years of expertise in the tools of our trade. Some of us become expert market researchers. Others focus on analysis. Others on desk research, competitors or broader trend monitoring. But a disadvantage of these years of insight experience is that there's a good chance that we won't have spent much time in decision-making roles ourselves. And in larger companies, we'll often be surrounded by other insight specialists, which is great for sharing technical knowledge and market understanding. But unfortunately, it can isolate us from the world of our senior decision-makers. So let's take some time out to think about our internal audience, about the world in which they live, about the way they make their decisions, what it feels like to make those decisions. Senior directors are working ever longer hours. They're having to sift through unbelievable amounts of information and they're changing roles more frequently. Every time they make a decision, they're not only taking a business risk that may result in lost sales, revenue or reputation. They're also taking a personal risk with their careers with their reputation that they have built up amongst colleagues, and of course with their own sense of success or failure. In this environment, many executives default to consulting trusted advisors from their own departments, or making decisions unduly influenced by their personal and often narrow experience. That's not surprising. We do the same things ourselves. But if we would like to see ourselves as internal consultants to senior stakeholders, I think we need to demonstrate a lot more empathy with them. In his famous book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey advises us all to seek first to understand and then to be understood. This doesn't mean abandoning our insight perspective or putting aside the passionate opinions that we've developed based on our customer knowledge. But it does mean demonstrating a lot more empathy with our senior colleagues and getting a better feel for both their rational and emotional needs. The IMA believes that all progressive insight teams should develop first, understanding about what it's like to make big decisions in today's environment, complete with its stresses and time pressures, and second, knowledge of the individual decision makers we seek to influence, their priorities, 
personality types, and communication preferences. The better we understand the world of senior decision makers in general, the more likely we are to appreciate what they need from us. This understanding provides a good foundation for building relationships. But then, of course, we have to overlay more specific knowledge of what makes individual stakeholders tick and reflect on whether there are things about our personality types and our personality styles and communication preferences which are at odds with theirs. Over the last 18 years, the IMA's consultants have visited many insight teams and talked to them about personal styles and communication preferences. A common finding is that there are often pronounced differences between analysts and researchers within teams, and between both these groups and the marketing teams and wider organisations in which they work. As with all work on personality types, it's not that one type is right and another wrong, rather that all our types have strengths and weaknesses, and these tend to be compounded when the departments in which we work have a structural bias towards people who are quite like us. The key learnings are to become more aware of our own style and other people's, and to reflect on the ways in which differences in style have an impact on communication. We should also consider the issue of translation. Insight teams have a tendency to speak their own language, with technical terms about research or analysis, customer and market metrics. These all have their place, but we need to translate them into the language understood by our audience, the language of sales, operations, revenue and costs. In my book, Transforming Insight, I said that the twelfth secret of successful insight teams is that they develop insights about their organization's decision makers. If your organization is a member of the IMA, you can explore this topic further on our website, where you'll find the Insight Leader Guide IMP302, How to Understand Decision Makers as well as a number of Insight Leader videos on this topic. The Academy also provides workshops which are open to members and non-members, including TIP 301, Influencing Skills for Insight. You're listening to the Transforming Insight podcast, published by the Insight Management Academy, the world's leading authority on transforming corporate insight teams. As always... I'd now like to take a few minutes to reflect on the key principles discussed at Insight Forums and some of the practical ways in which successful Insight teams have managed to improve their understanding. And today, I'm delighted to be joined by Lisa Dutton, who leads on the IMA's Influencing Decision Makers workshops. Lisa, welcome to our podcast. Thanks, James. It's good to be here. So tell us a little bit more about the steps that you think are really important for insight teams to take if they're trying to really understand their decision makers. I think there are three steps involved, particularly with this understanding decision makers part. So firstly, it's about being very deliberate um, when we think about who it is that we'd like to influence. And once we've got those people in mind, it's then looking at What's it like to be in their world? What's it feel like to be them? Before we finally start to think about what is their personal style and how does that shape our interactions with them? That's interesting. So you started with that sense that we have a choice about who we ought to be influencing in the first place. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, this is really important. Um, I think it's so easy as insight people to get ourselves into the mindset of service 
providers who are waiting there for, for our stakeholders to come and approach us. But actually, we need to change our mindset on that. We need to think of ourselves as consultants, business partners. And as part of that, it's important that we understand who the decision makers are within our organisations that we should be influencing and making sure that they are people that we're doing business with on a regular basis. And is there a particular tool that you'd recommend that people use to do that? Yeah, there is. And for me, it's all about stakeholder mapping. So it's, you know, writing down who those stakeholders are that you currently work with. But importantly, who are those stakeholders in an organisation that make the big business decisions? They need to be on our list of people to influence as well. And once we've done that, mapping them so that we can think about What's their business impact today? Are they the people that make big business decisions? But also, how engaged are they with us and with our insight teams? Excellent. And what's the the next step then after that? Then it's being, you know, considering how frequently do we want to be interacting with those people? Are there those pit stakeholders where actually we could be dialing down our frequency a little bit? And are there others where we need to be engaging with them more often? And once we've done that, I think it's about looking at our stakeholder maps, identifying one, two, maybe three stakeholders that we want to focus on over the next 12 months, and then doing something like a stakeholder checklist where we think about, right, what are the top of mind topics for those stakeholders? How is it best that we can engage them? How do they like to be communicated with? And then starting to enact that plan. I talk sometimes about empathy with decision makers. Do you think that's something that comes naturally to insight people? You know, I think it does, actually. I think by the very nature of insight, you know, we're all about understanding our consumers. We want the best for them. And I think that translates to our stakeholders as well. But I also think that we can be guilty of, again, seeing ourselves as service providers and being quite intimidated by our stakeholders, particularly those decision makers that make those big decisions. And as part of that, we can sometimes lose that ability to relate to our stakeholders, to empathise with them. But this is really important for me. This is the key to influencing. Yes, if you you think as yourself as a service provider and you're, you've got that sense of being intimidated by the people that you're working for, I think the, the understanding that you have defaults to being a very rational sort of understanding, doesn't it? Rather than really thinking about their feelings and what it's like to be them in that situation. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I also think it's very easy then to be on the defensive because we're not thinking about why why they maybe are, you know, coming across as a little impatient or a little autocratic or whatever else it might be. And we, we can very easily take things personally. Once you switch that around and think, well, what's going on with them? What does it feel like to have the pressure you know for the targets they've got hanging over them you know what might be going on in their lives you know what what, you know what about that restructure that's going on with their teams you know I know that somebody's sending their child off to university for the first time and that's probably weighing on them when you start to think about it like that actually it's much easier to have a very kind of constructive conversation and a better relationship with those stakeholders Great. So what about personal styles? Do you do more work with insight teams trying to help them to understand what 
the, both their own style and that of decision makers? How does that work? This is a core part of the Influencing for Insight Teams workshop. And actually, you know, it's personal styles. It's the psychology piece, which I'm very familiar with having done a psychology degree. So it, it always really appeals to people. And we look at personal styles in terms of, you know, what's the personal style of your of your decision maker? Those one, two, three people I mentioned earlier that you've chosen to focus on. We don't so much focus on your own personal style as an insight person, because I think people have done quite a lot of this kind of stuff. Most of us are familiar with things like Myers-Briggs, and we've, we've considered where we may be on that spectrum. But rarely do, do we apply that lens to our stakeholders. And it's only when we do that, again, we start to think about, well, that's likely not going to be the best way to, you know, communicate with that person or interact with them in a one-to-one meeting. Actually, we we need to be far more personalised than that. That's fabulous. Any other top tips that you'd like to share? The key thing for me when it comes to understanding our decision makers is just to remember we're all human. You know, ultimately, our stakeholders, our decision makers want the best for us because they want us to be able to help them. So think about it through that lens. You are a partner to them. You are an equal. Go into it recognising your value. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. Here's a reminder of five key points that you might like to take away from this podcast. Number one, Insight teams often have relatively little insight about the internal consumers of our own insight work. Number two, as Stephen Covey observed, before we can hope to be understood ourselves, we should seek first to understand others. Number three, Insight teams would benefit from a better appreciation of the business and personal risks involved in taking big decisions. Number four, we should also develop better understanding about specific decision makers their personalities and communication preferences. And number five, insight teams need to translate their customer and market knowledge into the language used by the rest of the business. I hope that insight managers, corporate researchers and analysts listening to this will feel some reassurance. The influencing journey starts with some new pieces of insight. But based on insights, we have to drive change. And this time, the change is going to be in ourselves, as we'll see in the next episode of our podcast. Thank you for listening. Transforming Insight is available on all leading podcast platforms. Subscribe now to get notified when the next episode is released. Check out all the resources in the show notes and sign up to our email list. The Transforming Inside podcast is brought to you by the Insight Management Academy, who reserves the rights to the content. For more information on any of the ideas discussed in the episode, please visit www.insight-management.org.